Just recently, I had the privilege of um, being a helper with Kevin on the mission trip to the Dominican Republic with some of the young adults from our church and a group of teenagers from Lancaster Christian Academy. And I emphasize Christian Academy because they are, and they live it, and it shows. And, uh, and a church from Pittsburgh. Uh, and so in ministering to the poor down there in the churches and out in the sugarcane fields and in the community, helping with the community garden um, and building some walls there and things like that, um, we're godly people, so we can build walls. Um, uh, and to see the Lord at work. And I knew the Lord was work in the teenagers, especially when one of the teenage girls said, I don't even miss Facebook. <laughs> <clears throat> Hallelujah. Miracles still happen. That's right. Hallelujah. And I haven't. Of course, my Facebook is a mirror, um, but that's another story. And then um, as we worshiped and as the word was taught to us and as we broke into small groups and prayed for each other, uh, one of the young men said this, the change I want when I go home is change. Um, he said, I want change that stays, not just fades. Uh, and I think he's thinking about that and praying about that, don't you? And it blessed me, blessed me greatly. Uh, let me read uh, out of Mark. As Jesus was um, just sharing with the people and with his disciples, he told them, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. So I saw in the Dominican people, as we do everywhere we go, and the people in our group, people who really do desire to try to find God and to come close to him. And then it's that choice of what do I do with these obstacles between me and God? And where do we place our faith? And how do we set these obstacles aside? How do we let go of our own life to grab hold of God? Uh, and these young people in both countries were doing it, um, choosing to lose their life to truly find what their lives were about in Christ. Uh, the testimonies you're going to hear are wonderful. But please listen to what they say. There's a depth to these young people and young adults um, that only God can do as he's revealed himself to them. And he has seen the Lord from their hearts and heard from the Lord in their hearts. One of the ladies from the Pittsburgh group got up one evening and gave her testimony that on 9-11 she was a flight attendant. And she was on a flight from uh, New York to Orlando, Florida. And when the Twin Towers were hit, they were in the air and the pilot called her on the phone and said to this lady, at all cost, don't let anybody get to the first class lavatory. And she said to the pilot, what do you mean at all cost? And he said, your life. And he hung up. Now they couldn't tell the passengers why they were getting ready to land in a city that they weren't scheduled in because the terrorists might have been on that flight. One man who was in first class grabbed her arm and said, you people are making me late for my meeting. 
And she was thinking, you're going to miss your meeting. <laughs> We're trying to save your life. So you've got this woman who's five foot five, maybe 135 pounds, who was willing to give her life to save every passenger on that flight. And that is some of the imagery we have of our Christ as the Father sent him and said to Jesus at all cost, let's save these people. And he gave his life for us. And I saw in these wonderful young people and the folks in the Dominican who were searching for the Lord at all cost, I'll lay down my life to find it. Kevin's made some slides of our trip. Enjoy this, and we're going to share some of the testimonies. Oh, hey! 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 Hey!
That's actually one of two slideshows. We, uh, the teens that went with us, we had about 19, no, we had 20 teens go with us on the, on the trip that are from my school. And, uh, and so they got a chance to share their testimonies uh, on Thursday at a chapel. And a couple of them are going to share today. We have quite a few that are here during this service with their families um, that aren't going to share. If you're here and your family's here, would you stand? Can we recognize the visitors that are from Lancaster Christian? So stand up, guys, and your families. Yeah, good. Amen. I'm glad that you guys came today. Um, people ask me, what is your story of the trip, uh, Kevin? And, you know, what I have to tell them is my story is a compilation of everyone else's story. Because when I went, I went expecting God to do things in these guys' lives. And so I'm real excited to hear what they have to say. So would you welcome Brad White? Gloria a Dios. Love you guys. Uh, man, uh, I got to do this like real quick. So what I want to say is uh, thank you to everybody who donated for me to go to the trip. Uh, I couldn't have done it by myself. And um, God's provision is the first testimony I have. The, uh, the second testimony I want to give, I'm uh, I'm going to go real quick here. I broke the curfew. So, yeah, uh, for me, I'm a rule breaker. Uh, no, man, you know, what's weird is that uh, I was put in charge of the people to go to bed early, and I don't even go to bed early myself. So I thought that was kind of ironic anyways. But so I'm walking down the hallway. I'm like, why are y'all still up? Everybody needs to be in their rooms. Y'all got about two seconds. Okay. So I'm walking down, and then I get involved in a conversation with somebody. It was about Jesus, I promise. And um, but the thing is, is I still stayed up till about twelve fifteen, and 
Then we all went to bed. The next day, Kevin says, hey, uh, we're just talking about, you know, our authorities submitted to our authorities. Who was in bed by the curfew? Can you come over to this side of the room? So they all get up and start walking, and I'm looking, and I'm like, it's like almost I was in a, on an island, you know, because everybody got up around me, and they all moved. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, that, that, I know you wasn't in bed, but uh, <laughs> but it was cool because, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking he's going on his little speech, you know, tongue lashing of love. Uh, but... The whole thing was, I was like, it was going in, it was going in my head, but in my heart, what I was really thinking was, you know, I just had said that in my small group, the main thing I wanted to work on was submitting to my authorities, and it's been, it's, it's been, you know, a big roadblock in my life. So I said I want to submit to my authorities. You know, I prayed about it. I asked God to help me. The next day, here's the opportunity to submit to my authority, and see ya. I didn't do it. But not only that, I was feeling bad. You know, I felt bad for Kevin because I'm like, man, I know he really don't want to say this and he don't want to hear my rebuttal to this. Uh, but the, the thing was, was that it was all because I'm starting to realize that just because I made the commitment to change, it wasn't just going to happen overnight. Just because I prayed about it, it wasn't just going to manifest in my life. I actually had to put work in. Okay, he gave me the opportunity right there, and instead of submitting to my authority right then and moving on past this thing and and pressing forward, I just kind of waved bye-bye to my opportunity. And not only that, but, you know, the guilt that comes with it because, you know, he put you in position of leadership to be walking down through here, and now what do you have to say for yourself? So, you know, what God was really dealing with me on this trip was I wasn't really ready to go on the trip. By the time I got there, by the time all the finances came in and everything, I'm like, oh, now I can start getting, now I know I'm going, I'll get ready now. But the thing was, was that I just wanted to show up with my heart ready. You know, I didn't have anything extra special to share with them. I didn't have spectacular words of encouragement or anything. I just, I went down there to serve, and when I got there, God laid the rest out for me. Uh, It's all about your heart and how you show up to the situation. I could be the one to say I put all the work in and I prepared and I trained for this and I did Bible studies every week and I was in the word every day. But then if I get there and I'm not ready to serve, what did I do? It's not always about those things. You know, sometimes it's just about spending time with God and allowing him to just hold you in there and say, come on, let me show you a little something because this is all you can handle right now. It's all I could handle was just a little something. But what he showed me was when I when I was ministering to this young man outside the church, this guy spoke really good English. He was like one of the few people who I could really hold a conversation with. And as I was speaking with him, I asked him, did he go to the church? And he said, yes, but I could tell he was lying. I said, no, you don't. And he kind of looked at me like, who are you to tell me what I'm doing? But yeah, you're right. Uh, but I told him, I said, I can see in your eyes you don't believe what's going on in this church. You don't believe this is real. Or maybe you're not in agreement with what they're preaching. I said, but don't let that stop you from knowing the Lord, because the thing is is that the Lord changed my life. He can change your life. And what he really did for me was open my eyes so I could walk down this street and see things differently. And he'll do that for you. All you need is that Bible. 
So I asked him, did he have a Bible? He said, yeah. I said, well, just read it, man. Just let me know you read it. And I told him I'd get in contact with him and send him some books. He he wants to read English books. He's he's getting a lot of worldly knowledge, but I didn't hear nothing spiritual coming from him. So that's what I was telling. I said, look, you know, God, uh, God destined this to happen because why would I be here sitting on this porch with you in the Dominican Republic? Why would you meet me here? Why would we get engaged in this conversation? I'm here for you. you know, I'm not here for all these other kids running around and all this other, all the other events that took place that you saw in that slideshow. And there's no picture of me and him in that slideshow, but that's what I was there for. So don't get caught up in all the, the hype of everything and the show of everything. and what it's, Sometimes it's the behind the scenes that really matter the most. You know, It's the things that maybe didn't get publicized, but that's the thing that really stuck with me was being able to say that to him. And actually, in, in his reaction, I could tell that, you know, it meant something to him, that it did touch him. And uh, that's one of the main things that I brought home with me. But uh, you didn't see a lot of me rapping on there. It was about three seconds. And then there was like 25 seconds of Kevin jump roping. And then there was... You might have saw me. I was on the bus. There was like a guitar case in front of my head. But no, nah, I'm just kidding. I was there. Um... Now, but we we did a rap for the kids, and I didn't know what I was going to do, so I had to make something up. And in real simple, real simple terms, basically what I was telling them was, Jesus Christ is the king for me, and Jesus Christ is the king for you, you know, for them, and for you too. And Jesus Christ is the king of my heart, and Jesus Christ is the king of the microphone. Because, because for them, they didn't know why I was there to rap to them. What, what reason did I have to be there, you know? What, what, what could I tell them that they didn't already know? So we just made something easy for them. And uh, if, if, if you know the song, if you want to come up, come up with me and help me. Lancaster people. Now. Hey, we got lyrics and everything. Come on. Who's coming? Who's coming? Oh, gracias. Give them a hand. Yay. Yay. Come on, man. What, Landon, come on, man. What you doing? I know somebody else is out there. Where you at? Probably in the back hiding. Who? Who? Oh, there. Come on. All right, Blake, we got lyrics and everything. Jesucristo es el rey. Para mí. Para mí. All right, so who's going who's gonna to sing with me? We're going to go through it one time, then y'all going to do it. Whether you like it or not. Are <laughs> uh, you ready? Yeah. Oh man, look at y'all. This is great. All right, here we go. Jesus Christ is the Para mí, para mí. Jesus Christ is the Para ti, para ti. Jesus Christ is the Para mí, corazón. Jesus Christ is the Para mí, microphone. Jesus Christ is the Para mí. Para mí, Jesucristo es el rey. Para ti, para ti, Jesucristo es el rey. Para mí, corazón, Jesucristo es el rey. Para mí, microphone. Okay, who's ready? Come on, y'all, I don't even speak Spanish. Come on, what y'all doing? Let's go. I got one volunteer to stand up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, everybody do it. Okay. Here we go, here we go. 
Jesucristo es el rey para mí, para mí. Jesucristo es el rey para ti, para ti. Jesucristo es el rey para mi corazón. Jesucristo es el rey para mi micrófono. Jesucristo es el rey para mí, para mí. Jesucristo es el rey para ti, para ti. Jesucristo es el rey para mi corazón. Jesucristo es el rey para mi micrófono. Gloria a Dios. Aleluya. That was for those who didn't appreciate the amount of singing we had earlier. <laughs> I had a privilege again, like I said before, to have my students go with me at Lancaster. Cameron Miles, would you come out? Y'all welcome Cameron. And your heart, uh, how are y'all doing? All right. Well, Jesus has really spoke to me through this trip. And um, on the third day, my group with Pastor Scott from Pittsburgh, we were there to build the wall for these people. And um, it wasn't after that till where he told me that the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is, um, it's not forever, it's not everlasting. It's where your selfishness and you get to do stuff that makes you happy. And uh, when you have joy is when you have Jesus in your heart. And that's forever. That, that'll never go away. And uh, one other thing is that, um, you know, people say we're a citizen in the United States, but when we accept Jesus Christ, then we're a citizen in heaven. And... Um, you know, we can't do this alone. We got to have people to hold us accountable every day. You know, it's stay on the path, not stray away from it. And that's really what he's taught me through this trip is to to just go through and have people with you and just difference between happiness and joy. That's it. Garrett? The kids ran up to him saying, Santa, Santa. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I know what y'all are thinking. How did they get David Crowder here today? But, uh, no, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? Um, just um, my whole life, um, this hair has been a curse to me. Just like, I just, it wasn't what I wanted, you know? But uh, it's my mom's fault. <laughs> but this is what God gave me. And um, I've always tried to hide it with hats and whatever, with gel or straightener, even though you shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the first day that we went into the community. Um, we were in a parade with um, the people, and that was kind of awkward because they're like, why are you here? But um, on the way back, we were walking to the school, and this little boy comes up to me and goes, um, can, I, can I have your hat, please? And um, I didn't even think about it. I just gave it to him. And um, I think that was for a reason because that was the only hat I brought. So the rest of the trip, I look like this. And uh, people saw me for me. 
even though I wasn't hiding under a hat because I think they make me look better. Um, um, so God really showed me um, you can be you no matter what, how much hair you have on your head or face. Um, and also uh, another uh, big thing he showed me, um, a while back at the first uh, bridge thing we had here on Wednesday, um, we were worshiping and uh, there were some little girls in the front and two of them left and there was one still there and when they were walking away, she goes, um, where are y'all going? And uh, that really spoke to me because it was like, that was to me. Where am I going? And um, so, skip back to the trip. Uh, one day, we were, the school is right across from the, the church. And uh, we were taking the kids to the church for the little sermon thing we're doing. And um, we were supposed to, half of us were leading them to the church. And the other half of us were supposed to distract them and try to get them to come play with us as if we were like life's distractions. And uh, there was a boy that I had spent a lot of time with. And um, for a while, I was like, come on, come play with me. Because I was like, okay, we're, we're cool. You'd come do that. And um, he, he was like, no, you come with me. And that really spoke to me. Like, he's way younger than me. And he was like, no, you come with me. But um, eventually he did come play because he's a little kid. He's not going to do that. But um, the cool thing was he played for like five seconds. And then he went to this little cafeteria thing they have. And he bought me and him a popsicle. And I was like, you, that's ridiculous. What, that's awesome. But, but um, yeah, just show me. He, he probably he doesn't have anything close to me, but he could still give that to me and that really spoke to me and um so i ended up i gave him uh one of my shirts i had that um has jesus on it and says is our hope so i just i hope he keeps that and just reads it every day hopefully he can read english i don't know <laughs> um but uh but yeah um he just show and also um i know a lot of people say they have like god moments like here or there that show them things, but I didn't really have that. I kind of had um, God wanted me to look for him and search the moments. He didn't want to show them to me because that's been my problem in life is I don't really dig deep into things. So, um, yeah, he just wanted me to do that. And at the end of the day, we had small groups and like I didn't really think anything of the day. I just it was fun spending time with the kids. But as my small group talked about what we did that day, I realized, oh, God did this here and here. And um, I just think that's what He wants me to do every day is just dig deep into Him and uh, find out what He did, no matter if I'm in another country or right here. So uh, yeah, that's all I got. Jennifer, Jennifer's first mission trip. Great, I get to go after the comedian. I'm going to read mine um, so I can kind of stay on track. Um, When I first heard about the mission trip to the Dominican Republic, the first thoughts that popped into my head were, sorry, I want to pause. Um, That would be an awesome experience. Um, how would I get the money? 
And if I went, who would even watch my boys? Um, my decision was made up when I found out that the trip would be in February. I thought to myself, a warm getaway in the coldest time of the year, sign me up. Little did I know what God had in store for me. You hear all the time that God is love. God loves you. And after 29 years, I'm finally beginning to understand God's love. It was a love of Jesus Christ displayed by others that I was healed, accepted. And I began to see a hope for my future and for myself. The reason I decided to go on this trip was to give back a small portion of what was given to me. In the process of healing and acceptance and seeing a new hope, God has been restoring me in the area of relationships. During this time, I've developed the true friendships as I continue to grow in my faith. Ultimately, our goal for this trip was to go and build meaningful relationships with the people in the community. Not only did I do that with there, but I also did it with the Lancaster kids. When we arrived in the Dominican, I couldn't help but be overwhelmed by God's presence and His love. There were several connections that I made. Um... But the one person that stuck out to me the most was Lena Maria. And it was a little girl on the slideshow. Um, we, met at, we met Sunday at church. When she walked in and sat down, there was something about her that captured my heart. After several smiles, I invited her over to sit with me during the service. And I can only speak two sentences in Spanish. And they were, what is your name and how old are you? <laughs> so she told me, and that was the extent of our conversation. We sat next to each other and drew pictures for one another for the remainder of the service. The next few days, Lena Maria walked to the church and school to find me, only to find out that I wasn't there. On Wednesday, she gave my friend Valerie a picture um, with a note on it, and it said, Jennifer, I am happy, and I love you very much. When Valerie handed me the note, my heart melted, and I was overcome by real, true joy. Joy. Finally, Thursday came, and we were going back to the community where Lena Maria lived. I was going to get the chance to see her again. I walked around looking for Lena after 10 minutes. We happened to walk down the same street, coming towards one another, and we finally met again. Although I was excited to see her, I knew that this would be the last time I would see her again. We were next to each other for the next two hours like glue. (laughs) Because of the love I felt for her... And thinking back on her note, I wanted to get her something. So I held her hand, and we walked to get ice cream. We went into the church to get out of the hot sun and sat down. Lena Maria opened the ice cream and gave me the first bite. This was a true act of kindness and sacrifice and love that was displayed by her to me. I was thinking, man, my kids would have scarfed it down. Without even, when I've been thinking about it, with it all over their face, <laughs> and there may have been a thank you. I was thinking, man, how can you love so much and not, someone so much and not even know how to be able to talk to them, not even know them? God changed me through Lena Maria. I learned that God's love is unconditional and you don't have to do anything. His love is perfect. I also learned what true sacrifice is, what it means to give the first bite or the first fruit to God, and how it makes him feel on the inside. It brings God great joy when we have a tender heart for others. I went to the Dominican to learn and to give back, but I received more than I ever imagined. My life will forever be changed because of this experience. Amen.
Is Blake back there? Farron, come on out. It's another one of my students. My shoe amount is pathetically up there with the Kardashians, and I probably own enough makeup to open up my own Mac store. The only time I believe I have ever gone without food is when I didn't really like what my mom was cooking, and I can probably walk maybe 10 steps in my house without coming across a computer, television, or cell phone. Needless to say, I've never known suffering. The only type of pain I have ever felt was in the pity party I threw myself when my parents would actually veto my request with a no. Sadly, if you were to cut me open, you would find that I've been spoiled down to the core, which wouldn't be a problem if stuff was the fuel to our happiness or joy. It's crazy how you can have absolutely everything you've ever wanted and yet find yourself completely empty. When I went on this mission trip, I was prepared to serve and do what was ever asked of me. I wasn't prepared, however, to fall in love with each and every one of those kids. I found out that change doesn't just slowly start to seep in. It more like slaps you square in the face. And all of a sudden, that jacket that you just had to have a week ago, you're willing to give away in a matter of seconds if one of those kids even looks cold because you realize that it's just a jacket. didn't have a tug on your heartstrings, and it probably had a tug on your wallet, but that's Dave Ramsey's territory. (laughs) This trip really took my thoughts off of myself and opened my eyes, eyes that had been closed for far too long. I felt like God really pulled back the curtain and showed me what true service and compassion is. And I believe that this trip has affected me in a way that I will never be able to recover from. And I view that as the best blessing I could ever ask for. Blake. He's been broken backstage, so he's been crying. <laughs> Go ahead and share, brother. God is good. <laughs> I showed up this morning thinking I was going to share my testimony, which I am. Well, yeah. But um, I showed up for the 9 o'clock service, and there was maybe five of us here, so I got to share. and And then... When my mom showed up, I was like, I have to share. I have to talk for my mom. And I told Mr. O'Day, Kevin, whatever you want to call him, um, <laughs> that I really, really wanted to share. And he said, ah, but there's 30 people here. And you already got to share, so you might not get to go. I said, okay. And it broke me. I mean... My mom, I don't know if she's a believer or not, but I wanted to speak into my mom because she means the world to me. Now to the trip. Um, I didn't go in with any expectations of anything. I didn't think I needed to pray for myself for the trip. I just figured that, hey, I'm going to help people that are less fortunate than I am and... I'm going to feel good about myself after that. And so I went into the trip, and there's three things that God taught me. I need to communicate with God better. I need to communicate with those around me better. And I need to be happy with who I am for me. Um, My communication with God. You know, it's really funny because I can talk to God all day long if I wanted to. But I choose not to. Why? Because I have my phone. Duh, Facebook. Facebook. 
I mean, seriously, I mean, I let something so remedial as that to stand in my way. And why? Because I'm a materialistic, selfish brat, essentially. And I'm ready to change. God broke me on the trip. Um, Probably the second night we were there, I was on the rooftop under the stars, and I just said, God, why me? Why am I truly here? What's, what's the purpose of my life? You know, I'm going down a path to nowhere. And he said, um, it's for me. And I said, okay. And I didn't know what to do. I was crying like I just was a few minutes ago. Um, and Kevin, Mr. O'Day, whatever. Um, <laughs> he walked over and he just said, you know, God, I felt like God was really telling me to come over here. And he started naming off all these things. He said, you know, I'm, I know you're probably broken and this and that and this and that. And I was like, dude, I didn't even talk to you. And you just told me everything that's wrong with me. I mean, seriously, it confused the crud out of me. Right. And then so my next thing was my communication with those around me. How can I say that I want to be a light to the world and show Jesus Christ to everybody? If I look like one of the most unhappy people on earth, if I look like I'm depressed and I can't even smile at people, how am I supposed to tell other people to cheer up? God, God will do something for you. Right? And my last thing is being happy with me. Obviously, I'm a big guy. I've been big my entire life. I've been picked on it at school for it. I've been excluded from groups of people because of it. And in the Dominican, they called me Gordo, which means fat. But hey, I just figured they, they're just describing me because they can't speak my same language. Or at least that's what I tell myself to make me happy. And um, it just, it's dawned on me. You know, if I can't be happy with who I am in Christ, for me to be happy with myself... I can't go out into the world and tell other people to be happy and believe in Jesus. And um, my trust has really grown over the past couple of weeks, mainly due to a little boy I met named Daniel in the Dominican. He, every morning when I would see him when I got there, he would say, Americano, Americano, mira me, mira me, which means American, look at me. And I would look at him, and he would just rear up, and just get ready. And then he would run full force and just jump and land in my arms. Expect me to catch him. Just like a spider monkey, just jumping. Just, it was crazy. But he had full trust in me to catch him. And now I have full trust in God to catch me. That's... Don't go anywhere. Come back in the light. Come here, hold this. For such a time as this. Come here,
Gloria a Dios. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Micaiah, come on out here. This is Micaiah Veal. <laughs> hey, y'all. Man, it's good to be here and, uh, with my family and have this opportunity. First off, let me talk about these kids right down here from Lancaster. Man, let me, I'm going to go ahead and speak for y'all. Y'all didn't know what y'all were getting into, did y'all? <laughs> Parents, y'all should be so proud of your kids right now. Trust them because God's now, not, like, not that he didn't before, but they've seen themselves. He's got his hand on their life working and, and moving through their lives. And now they've come back, and they're ready to get it going here, what we had over there. So uh, when you go to love, you get loved. When you go to serve, you get served. When you go to trust, you, you receive trust. And uh, I went to serve, and I went to love, but I didn't go to trust. I definitely didn't go to trust, let me tell you that. And so uh, we got there, and uh, everything's going good. We're all having fun. And I was reading in my Bible, and it's like, all right, you're going into this village, and uh, you're prepared to do my work. I, I can't even remember where it's at. It's somewhere in my notes here. And I was like, yes, all right, he's talking to me. Let's go. Let's get this done. And so uh, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pour everything I got into these kids. Let, let's go. And so we get to the school, uh, and uh, normally you have to approach kids and be like, hey, you want to play? You want to do something? Let's do No, I got swarmed. I'm talking like 20 kids jumping off. Like I had everywhere. They're just hanging off of me. There was like maybe I was one. I was holding like five of them. And like there, one of my friends uh, from the Pittsburgh group, Kevin, he was like, let's see if we can't stack them more. And I, uh. <laughs> but uh, they were, they were so cool. And I, I connected with this one little boy. His name's Edmund. I was talking to him uh, in Spanish and I was like, Hey, and just, just asking him about him and, uh, and seeing everything about his life. And I was like, how many brothers and sisters you got? And he was like, nine. I was like, nine? Are you kidding me? Dude, that's crazy. And so uh, I spent more time with him. And uh, we were sitting in church one day. And he was, he, was me- me- he was sitting in my lab. And he was messing with the kids or whatever. I was like, hey, pay attention because he's, he's saying something important. And uh, they showed this picture of Jesus. I was like, that's my friend right there. And he goes, not me. I said, what? He goes, not me. And uh, being in America, we... Everybody here knows Jesus. Everybody is like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a Christian. But uh, they don't want to hear anything like that. Over there, they're serious about it. If they're a Christian, they're a Christian. And if they're not, they're not. And uh, I really respect that. We had, like, we, we had a whole bunch of little communion cups that we laid out. We laid about 100 of them, just poured them out. And they, they, get, they said, all right, whoever wants to come and take communion, if you're truly following after Jesus, come up here and take this. There was maybe a hundred kids in the room, and there was there was twenty got taken, and there was a whole bunch of it there, and you could look and you could see who was following Jesus and you could see who wasn't, but uh, everybody was curious as to what was going on, and uh, so we had all these little grape juice cups and we were drinking them like shots or something, <laughs> but anyways, uh, anyways, so uh, about trust. He gave me this verse right here. He goes, Second Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. And it goes on to talk about that. And uh, 
I was like, man, I want that right there. I want God giving me strength and support. And I want his, his eyes and everything helping me out. And he goes, do you trust me? I was like, yeah, I trust you. He's like, no, do you really trust me? I was like, man, nah, I don't. I don't. Uh, the, the, one of the, the biggest things that I had going on in this trip was struggling with uh, authority because I'll be honest with you. I didn't like the pastor from the other group in Pittsburgh. I thought he was a weird dude. I was like, all right, I guess, I guess I'm here. And so I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just forget about what he's saying. And I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to see. And, and it got to a point where it was like, okay, what are you doing now? And I, I was like, man, all I'm doing now is just trying to have fun with these kids. I mean, I'm not even following Jesus. I'm here. I came here to serve him. What am I doing? And so uh, I listened. And when I listened, God was like, okay, now you're ready. Go. And so from there, it was almost all the way through the trip for something big actually happened. But what was supposed to happen went down. When I trusted him, he came through and was like, okay, here's what I got for you. And uh, so I went back the next day and talked to that kid again. And uh, the more that I hung out with him, by by the end of the trip, I was like, that Jesus, that's my friend. He goes, yeah, that's my friend too. So I'm clinging to that. I'm like, Lord, you, you, you saved him, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm praying for him every day. And uh, me, him, another little kid that was his friend, and uh, Garrett and uh, one of our other friends that were with us, we, we, I had this big bag of candy, dude. It was, like, huge. Like, everyone in the village got it, like, a piece. I'm talking kids, adults, everyone. And so I'm, I'm giving all these candies out, and there's kids coming back, hey, I was like, no, you already got one. They're, they're coming back trying to get more. So, uh, but then, like, as we started straying out, the kids would see somebody. They'd be like, look, look over there. And, and they'd be like, and so I'd give them a piece of candy, and they would run. Dude, they were getting it. They were like, oh, uh. And so they, they, they'd give it to them, and they were so happy to be able to take that and give it to them. And that's the way we got to be with Jesus, because we see the need in the people out there, and we're like, God, w- would you give it to them? Would you, would you, would you get up in their life? And uh, he, we're just the little boys running, taking them th- that candy. And uh, that, that's, that's the thing I've seen. I, like, okay, when you come back from mission trips, you, you see what went down much later. That was something I just seen maybe like five minutes ago. But uh, so... What Brad was saying about uh, that going to bed thing and authority, I wasn't one of the people who stayed up, but I know I would have because I passed out at 8 o'clock from hanging out with kids all day. But I, <laughs> I, I knew I would have stayed up because I heard Kevin say that. He was like, y'all got to be in bed tonight or whatever. And I was like, man, it's the last night here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and hang out and talk to every, all my friends because we're not going to get to see them for a long time, and uh, I was asleep, and I woke up, and I was like, the lights were on. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't miss it. And I went out there, and no one was up. I didn't think anything of it, so the next day I went to sleep, and I woke up, and he said that, and I was like, man, I'm going to go ahead and jump with them in a second, but then we all pitched in. We all came together, and that's the thing is, when you fall, you got your brothers and your sisters there to support you. Lean on that, for real. Uh, so we all, we all pitched in, we all cleaned it up and, uh, it was just a, a great, great trip. Uh, 
watching and seeing the things that uh, while I was over at Lancaster be fulfilled in these kids right here. And uh, Kevin will definitely tell you about that, how that touched his heart. But that's what I got, y'all. Love y'all. I don't know why they gave me the name Papa K during the trip. And uh, scripture says a loving father disciplines those he loves. They don't call me Papa K anymore. I don't know why. Guys, raise your hand if at all you were touched by anything that was shared here. Look around the room. This is just a fraction. This is just a fraction of their stories. This was a week out of their lives that they took, and it's a fraction. You all have a story. Every one of us has a story. And I believe that one of the most powerful tools the Lord has given us is our testimony. Because it glorifies him and it talks about what he's done in our lives. So I encourage you to share your testimony with each other. Share your testimony with those at work, at school, uh, out there. Because it will be your story. And those of you who don't think you have one, you do. You do. Look around. There's a big testimony in this body just looking around this room. And so I encourage you to be faithful and be bold about what God has given you. Would you stand? Let me give you a blessing this morning. Thank you for listening with open hearts this morning to the people who went. It was real important to them to get to share. Raise your hands. Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for these people. I pray, Lord, that you would go before us, Lord, that you would, uh, that you would help us, Lord, to be bold with the stories that we have, the stories that you've given us, God, and the stories that will bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.